Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Welcome back. Good afternoon or good morning, I guess. Uh, This podcast releases, uh, we drop every Friday or so. Once in a while, we'll miss a Friday. But uh, it looks like many of you who listen to this podcast listen to it on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. A couple of you may pick the podcast up later in the week, but of the... uh, I guess we've got about 3,000 downloads now. Thank you very much for your interest in what we've been talking about. It's great. Wish you were here because, as it always goes, I'm going to enjoy a wonderful cigar while I am sharing with you some thoughts in today's podcast about what I've learned about managing time. Now, this, of course, is for folks who have a whole lot more that we want to do then we have time to do it. If you're one of those people who uh, really doesn't want to do very much and you don't have a lot of big dreams and a lot of big plans and you're not responsible for accomplishing a lot of stuff, then maybe this episode of the podcast might not be for you. <laughs> anyway, so what am I smoking today? What's the cigar that I've got? It is, it's called a Consegra, a Consuegra. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. C-O-N-S-U-E-G-R-A. Probably pronounced Consuegra. It is kind of advertised as a bit of a low budget cigar but let me tell you i bought a box of these this is the i think it's the number 17 size which is a 54 52 ring and a six and a half seven inch cigar this is a honduran cigar it comes from the uh hoya de monterey factory and they just relabel it and it's kind of considered a second but wow the construction is really quite good on it this is the second one i've had Not today, but it's the second one I've had, and uh, it's kind of a surprising cigar. It lights really well, nicely, but the first inch or so of this cigar just tastes like almost nothing. Then, as you get into the cigar, past that first inch or so, it just, the the clouds of smoke just billow and beautiful taste, and it gets richer and richer the longer I enjoy it and the more that I smoke it. So I'm having this one today. has a little bit of a sweet taste on the tongue when I first light it, and then that sweetness goes away and it turns into a very mild, spicy taste, and it smells, again, after that first inch or so, like a wonderful, wonderful cigar. I think I got this from JR Cigars, perhaps, I think, uh, if that's where you get your cigars, if you enjoy them. Anyway, it's a Consuegra, C-O-N-S-U-E-G-R-A. Cheap-looking label, not a very expensive cigar, maybe 2 or $3 per stick. Wow, but it is very good. And I'm going to be enjoying it with, oh, here's the star of the show. I'm enjoying this today with some Bib and Tucker. This is a small-batch bourbon. And, of course, it's from Tennessee. It's aged six years. Each barrel, uh, each bottle is even numbered. And it comes, this one, just in case you wondered, is bottle 110762. This is amazing stuff. This has become, I think, I haven't tried it before. I think last week I got it. uh, And I was buying someone a gift. And uh, as often goes, 
my gift budget sometimes doubles because I buy somebody a bottle of bourbon or a gift and I think I think I want to try that too so <laughs> instead of instead of spending a little bit of money on a gift I spend twice as much one for you and one for me so you might be one of those folks that I that I give a bottle of this bourbon to this is delightful stuff it's got a nice um, kind of caramel sort of color to it not super dark but it's also not light like some scotches are. And one ice cube, one great big clear whiskey cube in there. So, so good. Mm. I'll set that down right there so you don't hear the ice clinking the entire time I'm talking. Really good stuff. Let's see. So it's 92 proof. Not too hot on the first taste. You know, sometimes these bourbons uh, have a very high proof, like 100 proof or 120 proof, uh, have quite a bit of an alcohol bite on the first sip. This is not too bad. Not too bad at all. And I'm lighting the cigar using a cedar stave. I sound a lot fancier than I really am. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just a guy, you know, but it's kind of fun to try out all these new things. So I got these cedar staves. They're paper thin, and you light the cedar first and then hold it up to the end of the cigar and use that to light the cigar. And it adds a really nice smell in the room and a wonderful taste at the same time. They do burn kind of quickly, so you have to kind of hold them at exactly the right angle or they'll burn up really fast. But, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Great cigar, great bourbon. Ah, I just wish you were sitting right here. I'd ask you, how was your day? How'd it go? Or how was your week? What you been working on? What what have you been up to? Anything anything worth getting out of bed in the morning for? Or anything keeping you awake at night? That'd be our start of our conversation. So today, let's talk about time and how we use our time. It's likely you're a leader. Uh, maybe you're a manager or you're a supervisor or like I like I like to say on our Hilt Academy YouTube videos you're a leader you're a manager you're a supervisor or you are an influencer of people daring people to be great so if you are in one of those roles or even if you're not and you're a kind of person who really enjoys getting a lot done and and not just getting a lot done not just having a long to-do list of checking things off and maybe you're one of those people who likes to get up and and get a bunch of stuff done, then put it on your to-do list and check off things you've already done just so you can get credit for it. <laughs> I know who you are. I've done that before too. Uh, three, three or four or five tasks into the day. Oh, I did all those things and then I put them on my list and cross them off <laughs> just because it feels so good. Uh, but at some point, you and I start to realize that uh, getting a lot done is not as effective as getting the right things done. So if I were to say to you, how was your day? And then ask you, how pleased are you with how you spent your time? Because you know, it's gone. What did you turn your time into? I wonder, wonder what you would think. So there's a small thing that I've been doing for years that I've found, as long as I follow this discipline, to be exceptionally helpful when it comes to managing time. And many folks who are friends of mine that I learned this from years ago still do this as well. Just a little bit of an idea. You may already do this, so hopefully you'll get to the end of this podcast and think, I do that. That works. If we do this small thing that I'm going to share with you, it makes a great big difference. And actually, it makes a difference right away when you use it today. And then if we use it as a discipline, then this small idea that I will share with you will make a massive difference. We won't walk around throughout the day with our hair on fire, feeling like we have to move from one thing to another as quickly as we possibly can. And we won't put ourselves in danger of not being right here, right now, when we need to be. When someone talks with us about a challenge they've got or an idea that's presented, 
we actually uh, we actually just don't pay attention because we're looking off in the distance in our mind to the next task or the next thing. So all effective leaders and managers and supervisors, all effective people that I know have at some point, it's often later than sooner in their life, learned this lesson. It's the idea about how you and I can focus and use this precious time we've been given wisely and use it well. Then at the end of the podcast, if you listen all the way through, I'm not just going to share with you four ideas, but it's going to be a fifth idea. So I've got four ideas I want to share with you here. And then if you stick around the end, I'm going to share a fifth idea. That fifth idea is about how to handle interruptions because our lives are often just a series of interruptions, it feels like. Maybe you have that kind of life. And uh, maybe you got a cell phone hooked to you all the time, and those things are designed to interrupt us and then keep us from focusing. So great technology. But oh, it has a dark side, doesn't it? So I'm going to share with you something at the very end that's helped me be a good steward of time and a good steward of the relationships that I've been given at the same time. So here we go. Let's dive into some ideas I'd like to share with you. First of all, you know this stuff already, don't you? Sometimes it's just nice to be reminded, or maybe I'll say it in a way that you haven't quite said it that way or heard anyone say it that way, but you go, oh yeah, I get that. That's how I function. So maybe this will be just a time for you to say, yep, yep, I do that. I do that. And and uh, and you can just double down and keep doing it. So here's our first idea, and that is that time is a non-renewable resource. And you and I are actually stewards over resources. We are to take care of resources that we sometimes don't even own. Often we don't own. They're a gift to us or they're put in our charge and we're supposed to take care of them really, really well. That's what a steward is. So think of a triangle uh, and at the bottom of the triangle, base of the triangle, we are a steward over our time. Right above that in that triangle, we are a steward over uh, money. Really, if you're in a position where you're responsible for managing the blessing of money, then you are a steward over that money. And then you are a steward over relationships. Uh, go up on that triangle to that next layer and then clear at the pointy part of the top of the triangle there. You're a steward over goodwill. We are a steward over at least those four resources. Maybe resources isn't even the right word, but uh, that's kind of how I like to think about it. And the only one of those four resources that's non-renewable is time. So you can make more money. You can get more money. You can figure out a way. But we might not be able to get more time. <laughs> Catch my sarcasm there. We can't get more time. There isn't any more time. The 24 hours that I have spent are gone. Was I somehow able to turn those 24 hours into something that mattered? Um, was I able to turn it into money so that then I can use that money to bless other people in some way or to create opportunities or so that other people have jobs that they love? Maybe we take our time and turn it into money and we can take that money and turn it into opportunities for others or for ourselves. And then, and maybe we can then be responsible for uh, managing the beautiful resource of relationships that we've got. You probably have 30 or 40 of those relationships, some of them really close to you and some of them kind of loose or not quite so tight. And yet we are responsible to be a steward over those relationships as well. And then some of those relationships, people will actually go to bat. They'll walk through fire for us. They will have our back, so to speak. They will care more about us than they care about our feelings. And that's the category I call goodwill. All right, so we are stewards over those resources for sure. And again, one of you could probably come up with a better way of describing it. Maybe resource isn't quite the right word. Now, in all of this, if I'm going to be a really good steward of time, which is what we're going to zoom in on here, I have to start by knowing the answer to this question. What really matters. There are very few things in life that really matter. 
but there's a whole bunch of things in life that present themselves to us as though they matter. If you know what really matters, you will be able to manage your time and apply the discipline that I'm going to suggest. Since you're a steward of your time, then it follows that you and I will spend our time on those few things that really matter. Do you know what really matters in the job that you're in? Do you know what matters in the relationships you have at work? Do you know what matters with the long thing called life? What really matters? Careful, it sounds like a simple question, and it is simple in its grammatical construct, but it is not simple to answer. Why? Because we are surrounded by a cacophony of things that jump up in front of us that say, pick me, pick me, pick me, I matter, when in fact, they truly don't. If you can't say with conviction and depth what really matters, or if you can but that list is long, then probably need to pause right here and do that homework because what follows must build on that. So we need to know that there are a few things in life that matter, very few things in life that matter, and we need to know them as well as we know our own name. It's that important to us. Every effective leader I've ever known has that as a part of her or his tattoo built into the brain, right? It's a it's a beautiful thing to know. Otherwise, we're going to be we're going to be moved around by any kind of pressure that hits us and uh, we'll be very easily swayed. So, what really matters? So when it comes to managing time, it's not a renewable resource. It's going to go away, and we need to spend it on those few things that really, really matter. So when it comes time to managing our time, the moments and hours we've been given each day, and if we know what really matters, we need to be careful not to rely on our emotions to make the decision about how I spend my time. Do I feel like doing it, or do I not feel like doing it? Oh, I just don't feel like doing that. Well, no, you're not being a good steward of your time, nor am I, if that's the way we manage our time. So we can't rely on our emotions to make the decisions about how to use our time. Let's get real, friend. We can't rely on other people's emotions either in making decisions about how we use our time. What a trap. If you're a person with half a heart, uh, you are someone who cares what other people think, especially those people around you that you care about. And you care when they have strong emotions about something, and it's easy to allow yourself to be swayed by their strong emotions. I cannot allow other people's strong emotions about something to be factored in very heavily when it comes to me deciding how I'm going to use my time. I also can't rely on lucky circumstances <laughs> to be able to manage my time or to make good decisions in advance or in the moment about how I use my time. And here's another one I can't rely on. I cannot rely on my memory to figure out how I'm going to use my time. There has to be something external to my memory. We'll call it a calendar. Because <laughs> if you rely on your memory about how you're going to use your time, you just start your week and you think, on this day I have this and on this day I have that. By the time you get to it, your memory won't quite work. It'll be crowded out by something else. That something else will likely be your emotions or someone else's emotions. All right, so ah, time's a non-renewable resource, and we have to make time management decisions, time investment decisions based upon what really matters. We can't rely on other people's emotions or our own emotions, etc. And we have to treat our time management as time commitments. We have to treat our time commitments as promises. 
And we have to understand those of us who manage time well, and I strive to be one of those because I've learned from the best, that when we make a commitment of time to ourself, it is just as important, it just, carries just as much weight as making a time commitment to someone else. Here's the next basic idea before I get into four things you can do right away, starting right now, to manage your time very, very well. Here's the next basic idea. It's a big one. I need to make decisions that leverage my time. It's, it's likely that you and I have had a lot of time together over the years, if you're one of the folks that's listening to this. And if not, if I've not met you before, I sure hope to somewhere down the road. But if you spend a little bit of time around me, it won't be very long before you hear me talking about the idea of leverage. If you are a leader or a manager or an influencer, you're, you're in a place where you're trying to dare people to be great and you have the same amount of time as everyone else, but you have a whole lot more to do than there is time to do it. It is essential that you learn to leverage your time. The concept of leverage is this applied to how we work. If I have 50 things that I could do, many of them I actually like and most of them I want to do, I can't do all of those. So I need to look at the opportunities in front of me or the tasks in front of me and ask this question. If I could only do one thing that if done well would make the other things easier to do or in some cases unnecessary to do, well, what is that one thing? Then do that and do that first and do that with your best energy. That is called leverage. By the way, you can apply that all over the place. I've spoken about that in other podcasts and spoken about it on our Hilt Academy YouTube channel. There's actually a video that I toss up about that as well. You might want to go there and search for that. So there we have it. There's, there's a few ideas to kind of set the background. Now, how? Let's get real practical. You know, let's get out of the theory. Let's land this airplane and get out and walk around it. Let's get some, let's get some actual stuff. How can you do that? All right. How can you manage your time? What are some practical things that I do that I've learned from other people? And maybe you already do this. All right, here's number one. Remind yourself every single day what matters. I have it written down. It's in front of a journal. I open it up. I look at it every day. Here are the things that really matter. Now, the reason I read it every day is not because I have a bad memory, but because I just need to remind myself of it as it applies to the challenges that are about to wash across my day as I move into the day. What really matters? Remind yourself of what really matters every day. Make sure it's written down somewhere so you can easily and quickly, without any friction, open it up and read it. I prefer that kind of thing written in a notebook rather than in a digital format just because of the feel of it. When you write, for example, in a journal or a, a real tactile experience, you're writing in a notebook or something like that, it, it engages different parts of your brain than when you're doing it digitally. And we're not going to get into that here, but if you want something to stick uh, more deeply and to touch all sorts of parts of our brain and actually write it in a notebook with pen and paper. So I start every day reminding myself what really matters. So I get up quite early almost every morning, you know, 4.35. If I sleep in, maybe it's 5.45 like today. I get up and one of the very first things I do when I'm conscious and sit down and sip on my coffee is to open that, that journal and look at the front of it and right there it says, here's what matters. Now I'm 64. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. And so this has been years in the making and it's not a long list. I wish that I had, uh, looking back, had had the foresight to be able to do this when I was 24. 
I attempted it, but, uh, but it wasn't as deep as it is now. And I'm certain that it will develop even as time goes on if I'm given a lot more years. So there we go. Number one, write down what really matters and make sure you read it every day. Some days it'll be a startling experience for you. Oh, wow, that's true. That really matters. And some days it'll be, ah, I read this before like that. But do it every day. That's idea number one. Here's idea number two. Put all of your time commitments on a calendar. And uh, if you use a digital calendar so that you can carry it with you everywhere and have access to it, that's great. That's that's wonderful. I do. That's what I use is a digital calendar. And uh, others have access to my calendar. Uh, and only one other person can put something on my calendar. But others can see what my commitments are. Or, or maybe I'll hold a commitment that just says a hold on it, for example, on the calendar. And no one knows exactly what that commitment is. But I do because I can click into the notes of it and see what that commitment is. But here's, here's the idea. Number, the idea number two, put every time commitment on your calendar. Kind of a sub part of that is don't have two calendars. Don't have a work calendar and a home calendar. There's only one of you. Come on, just have one calendar. Put every time commitment on your calendar. And when you do that, I recommend that on, on say, at the beginning of every month, you look at what really matters. What's the, what are the significant, highly leveraged things that you want to spend some time on? Put those things on your calendar first. Like big things first. Big rocks first, if you want to think about it that way. Reach out. Find the best time for that. Put it on your calendar. Ask yourself the question, is, is this the best place to put it? Put it on the calendar at the beginning of the month. Then every Sunday night, I do the same thing. I look ahead at my week, and I make sure that the big things, the important things are on my calendar. And then every day in the morning, I look ahead to make sure that things are on the calendar that are supposed to be. And I may need to move some things around to adjust, but every day there's something significant on my calendar. Which leads me to point number three. Every day I have three to five what I like to call critical tasks. And I don't have a long to-do list of 50 or 60 things that just kind of lives with me everywhere I go and nags me. But every day on that calendar where I can see it, there are three to five critical tasks. The reason it's three to five is some days I have a meeting that might last me six hours or eight hours. You have that same kind of thing. And therefore, it's difficult to get in five critical tasks if I'm sitting in a strategic meeting with one of our entities. And there's really not much else I can do. So I might only have three critical tasks on that day. One I would do before the meeting and two I would do after. For example, uh, maybe the meeting is a critical task, that sort of thing. But on days where I'm not just inundated with long meetings, I might have three or four or five hours of meetings that are, our phone calls are in person, but I have space in between them, then I'll do five critical tasks. Uh, by the way, I do that on Saturdays and Sundays as well. Saturdays might be three to five and Sundays might be three to five critical tasks as well. This is every day, seven days a week. I've been doing this for years, maybe have missed one or two days in the last 10 years of doing this. And those might have been days where I, you know, I got the flu or galloping diarrhea or something like that. I apologize if you don't like that kind of talk. But And I'm not going to edit that out either. So anyway, three to five critical tasks. So there we have idea number one. Every day, remind yourself what really matters, even if you already know. Keep reminding yourself. Idea number two, put every time commitment on your calendar. Do it in advance. Don't do it in the moment. Do it in advance at the beginning of the month, beginning of the week. For me, that's Sunday nights and the beginning of every day. Make sure that what really matters is on your calendar. And uh, along with that, what you're doing is making sure that you have called out, written down on your calendar, three to five critical tasks that must be completed. And you're going to promise yourself you're going to get those critical tasks done. Oh, by the way, kind of a sub-note here. The three to five critical tasks uh, actually take on different shapes. One of them is to, st uh, one type of task is a start task. 
Another type of task is to make progress on something, because some of these things are great big. And another type of task is to finish something, and along with that, to celebrate it. So it's a start, progress, or finish kind of task. Uh, because, uh, like, for example, this podcast. This podcast showed up today on one of my critical tasks as to start, progress, and finish it. Now, I won't edit it today. Someone else will do that for me. But I will finish my part of this today in just a few minutes, and there, that's a critical task. And I'll do one podcast today uh, because I'm not sure that I could withstand more than one nice bourbon at the end of this long day. I haven't eaten much today, so this bourbon, oh, still, let me pause. Mm-hmm, still good. 15 minutes later, it's still good. Oh, all right, you got that? So you put it on your calendar because you know what? If it's not in your calendar, it's not in your heart. Now, this is a great big deal because if you don't have something written on your calendar, you are going to be like a dry leaf blown around in the wind. The wind is going to be opportunity or your own emotion or someone else's emotion. And your time will be wasted. And that's tragic because you are a very valuable person in the enterprise you're a part of. So make sure your time is focused. All right, there's number one, number two. Here's number three. As you're putting something on your calendar, get real. This will inform how big the three to five critical tasks are, by the way. Get real. Be ruthless with yourself. How much time am I truly willing to give this? Maybe this thing I'm putting on my calendar and breaking up into six different segments over the next two weeks. And I'm going to give it six hours, therefore, of time. Maybe it's like that. It's an hour six times over the next two weeks. Is it worth six hours of your life to give to that thing? Is that meeting you're trying to attend worth 90 minutes of your life? Huh. Think about it. Because that 90 minutes is gone. So this third step is very, very important. And I know very few people who fall outside of this cadre of really effective leaders about whom I've spoken in this podcast and in others who think this way. Is it worth my time? And I'm not saying is a person who's asking me worth anything. I'm not saying you are not worth anything if you ask me to spend a day working on something. And I say no. It's not about you. It's is it am I willing to spend 90 minutes of my life on that? Eight hours of my life on that? If someone were to walk up to you and say, hey, I want you to spend some money on this, whatever this thing is, wouldn't you ask them how much? <laughs> and wouldn't you instantly say, I wonder if that's worth it? Somewhere second, I've got this really new, how about this? There's a brand new iPad Pro. I love the iPad Pro. I've used it for years. There's a brand new one out that's got one terabyte of memory on it and a screen the size of, uh, the size of Chicago. And it's an amazing thing. And they cost $2,000, all right? But if someone were to say, do you want, here's one of these new iPads. Do you want one of these iPads? It'll cost you some money. I would instantly say, how much money, <laughs> right? But we don't do that with time. Someone asks us to make a commitment. We don't actually get real about the amount of time that it's going to take and then ask the question, is it worth it? The answer should be, if you and I are going to invest time at all, yes, it's worth it. Or, uh, no, it's not worth it to me. All right, so that's point number three, get real. Here's point number four. Are you ready? Managing your time like a steward is a discipline. 
It's not a habit. And as you know, disciplines require willpower to get them started. Habits start on their own based upon where you are or what time of the day it is. They are triggered by time and location. We've talked about that in earlier podcasts. Disciplines, which we've also spoken about in earlier podcasts, are like habits, except they need something to get them started. They need an act of willpower to get them started. Just like brushing your teeth. You spend a little bit of willpower capital to brush your teeth. Or maybe flossing. You spend a little bit of willpower energy to start flossing. Once you do, you don't think about it at all. But you need to spend that energy to get started. The same way with managing your time. It's a discipline. There will be moments throughout the day that last five to 10 seconds when they occur that will require an act of will. Pay attention to what those moments are. Those moments are when someone asks you to make a commitment of your time, when an invitation comes your way or a demand or a request, or when you, in your, when you're in your creativity, begin to gallop off a creative cliff and, dis- and make commitments to do something, <laughs> you will need to use your brief flashes of willpower to use the disciplines that I've suggested. Use this like a discipline every day and then use it throughout the day whenever changes in requests come your way to manage your time. There you have some four basic ideas. Start every day with what matters. Number two, put it on your calendar. If it's not your calendar, it's not in your heart. And make sure that what you're doing as a part of that is to have three three to five critical tasks, no more than that. It's a start task or a progress on something or finish something and celebrate it. The third idea is get real. How much time am I really willing to give this of my life? And then the fourth idea is understand it's a discipline. It will never get easier. It's just only five to ten seconds where it's hard to make time management decisions. What can you do with this? Let me suggest to you that you use this right now. No matter what time of day it is, stop. Look at your calendar, open it up, and ask yourself the question, is what matters on my calendar? And is what is on my calendar something that matters to me? Another way you could do this is you could share this podcast with somebody and then kind of enter into a buddy system with him or her and say, let's get good at managing our time. Will you check in with me to make sure I did this every single day? I will with you. It'll be one of my three to five critical tasks. Let's wrap this up. Let's come right to the end. I promised you there'd be one more thing right at the end of the podcast and having to do with, uh, with what do we do when we get a lot of interruptions? You and I get them a lot. Now, if you've already made commitments about what matters to you in that day, in that week, in that month, and you've already set aside time for it, you're way ahead of the game because when someone interrupts you, you can respectfully, kindly say to them, hey, thank you for that, but I am working on something right now and I won't be available for another hour like that. Let's get back to that in another hour. Here's a simple idea. If you are physically working with people and you get interrupted, stand up during the interruption. Don't stay seated while they come in and talk because when you stand up, you're back in control of the conversation. And if someone comes along and says, hey, got a minute? One of the classic interruptions. (laughs) Say, actually, I don't. What would you like to talk about? And then they'll bring up the theme and say, okay, something like this. Thank you for that. I don't have the ability to commit the time to that that you and that deserves. Now, you can either say, right now, but I can do that tomorrow. Or you can say, I don't have the time and the ability to commit the time to that that you deserve and that that task deserves, period. Don't explain, don't justify. Here's another quick tip. Whenever someone asks you, they interrupt you or they ask you to make a time commitment. It's a default. Everyone who knows me, they know this. Every time it flies out of my mouth. 
Here's what I say when someone says, can you do this? I say, let me check my calendar. That's it. Let me check my calendar. And then I get physically away from them. Now, it's because I, I like people. And I don't want people to be mad at me all the time because I say, well, hell no, I'm not going to do that. That might be what I'll be feeling. I want to get away from that situation, even for just a moment, and check my calendar without that person looking over my shoulder and think, is this something I truly want to give my precious time and energy to? Because when I give my time to something, I'm going to give it completely. I'll be completely and utterly focused because I made a commitment with my eyes wide open. Now, this doesn't mean, of course, as we kind of wrap up our podcast time here, that you are an utterly inflexible, completely programmed and scheduled robot. (laughs) It doesn't mean that at all. There's all kinds of time to flex, but I can only flex if I know what really matters and I know the three to five critical tasks today that I'm going to be doing that each one of them will in some way advance me toward what really, really matters. Ah, and I wouldn't say that bib and tucker bourbon really, really matters, but beauty matters. Beauty is one of those things that really, really matters to me. This is a beautiful bourbon. The bottle is really cool. Taste is very cool. This cigar that I've been holding has gone out because I've been standing here talking to you the whole time in our sound studio. I got to light it back up and get it going. That really matters. But something else that really matters, you. You're doing really, really good work. I hope and trust that you are in a position where you can actually spread your wings and get great traction as a leader or as a manager or as a supervisor. I hope you are there. If you're not, then make some decisions and get where you should be. I hope you're at a spot where you can be incredibly effective. And I hope and, and I trust that with this simple conversation and with all kinds of wisdom you can get from other people and add to the mix yourself that you become a master of your time. And understand that if you do not become a master steward of your time, there's a whole bunch of people standing right over there that'll manage your time for you. <laughs> uh, there we go. Well, anyway, this might be long. I'm not sure how short it'll be when it's edited down, but this might be way, way too long. It looks to me like there's like 35 minutes of me yammering here. We're going to cut it way down so it'll be shorter. I hope your day goes really, really well. Manage your time well. We need you, and we need you to be focused and we need you to be successful. All right, take care. Here's to you. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this bourbon. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcasts, books, and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.